Biden and the Democrats finally admit they've been lying about their purpose for gas prices. Disney goes so woke and so off the chain that it may truly cost them. And finally, the Hunter laptop gets entered into Congress after the FBI says they don't know where it's at. All today, Eric's America. Hello and welcome. I hope uh, you're having a great Sunday. I, uh, I'm doing my best. Doing my best. At least the weather's starting to cooperate a little bit. Looks like it may actually be spring soon, which, uh, you know, uh, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I've had enough of the uh, winter of doom and uh, ready for sunshine, that is for sure. Um, I hope uh, everybody, I do see that more and more people are liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing. If you haven't yet, please do. It makes a huge difference. Uh, more people are checking out the show, and that is, uh, that's great. That's great. makes me feel like, uh, you know, when I drag myself in here tired from working, uh, you know, two or three weeks straight, that uh, it's worth it and that I'm doing something right. Even when I get yelled at and called names, at least I feel like I'm doing something right. So anyway, I want to remind everybody to do that. It does make a huge difference, and it is very much appreciated. And uh, we are going to jump into some of this today. So we had an interesting, very interesting week. Um, man, what a uh, what a revelation. So this past week, they had something that, yes, sounds about as scary and dystopian as you can uh as it's, I mean, it's just unreal that they actually come right out and say this. But the World Economic Forum, yes, the uh, Chamber of Doom, um, had a world government summit. Huh. Well, that doesn't sound nefarious or terrifying at all. That sounds perfectly normal. World government summit. Hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, it was quite interesting. It was uh, very eye-opening, as usually when the WEF gets together, when the World Economic Forum gets together, uh, the things that come out of it are, now nah, let's just say terrifying. That's the, To me, it is. So, uh, And most people don't even realize who all is involved in this. And yes, uh, Klaus Schwab, uh, the perfect uh, Bond villain, is the uh, head of the WEF. But if you look at the members and all the people that show up, they are embedded in just about every major government, every major agency, everything around the world. And that is what truly makes it terrifying is that much influence and that much money in one place is usually never, ever a good thing. And good things do not come from it. And this week proves that, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much correct. Yes, nothing good can come of this. So here's a sample of the opening. Yes, this is the opening. This is where it started. So um, truly terrifying. Here is the opening of the uh, mm, summit. The title of this session, are we ready for a new world order? Hello. Well, the organizers here are nothing if not ambitious. This is, I think you will agree, a daunting subject for discussion at just after 9 a.m. on a Wednesday morning here in the relative calm of Expo 2020. But tackle it, we must. Yes. Because I believe what is clear is that we have hit 
an inflection point. Ooh, we are certainly living in a unique age of uncertainty mm. and volatility mm -hmm. in global affairs. Oh. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, boy, that doesn't sound scary at all. You know, usually when people talk like that, they only mean good things. You know, it's kind of like sunshine and rainbows and uh yeah i mean nothing nothing nefarious could come out of that at all i mean we're just gonna are we ready for a new world order are we really ready for it um how are we gonna do that i'm sure it's completely fine well i don't know i mean these are the people that said well i mean you're gonna own nothing and you'll be happy uh, because we will control it all and you little peons will just, you know, borrow or rent everything from us. I mean, everything will be fine. I'm sure you'll be completely happy. That is truly terrifying. That's the opening. That is the opening of their summit. So, I mean, these people are truly, um, oh man, Maybe, you know, you have to try to think that maybe possibly they somewhere uh, feel like uh, they're doing good. And I'm sure that's part of it. They think they're doing the right things. But it's really hard to get there because so much of it is just terrifying. I mean, who the hell are you to think that you should control the world, that you should control people's affairs, their day-to-day -day lives? I mean, I just, I don't get it. I've never been one of those people. I never think that way. Yes, I would like to put my ideas out there. Yes, I hope some people take them to heart or at least, uh, you know, think about them, examine maybe uh, some of the thoughts. But as in being like, controlling of masses and and especially the mass of humanity is just not not ever been something that my you know thought process has has gotten to and it is really uh strange to find people that think that way and it seems to be a lot of the people that are extremely wealthy somehow that like turns the turns the gears in the wrong way i mean apparently as soon as you become uh ultra wealthy somehow you think that uh, you should be controlling everyone else's life and you know it's just bizarre but uh how are they going to do this how are they going to get into controlling the world well they have thought of this they have thought of this what is the best way to do it well they have decided that the best way to really start to control people's behavior and their lifestyles and all that stuff that they really need to take care of because well i mean you're just too dumb and stupid and poor to really to really know what you need or what's good for you they do they do because they have money and influence they know better than you these people are the worst. Uh, here they're talking about how, uh, well, you should really control the currency. Order is always the financial system. Mm. Uh, I was very privileged. My father was an advisor to Nixon when they came off the gold standard oh, in good. 71. And so I was brought up with a kind of inside view of how very important the financial structure is to absolutely everything else. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, yes. we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting huh. and introduce a new one. That's and a the new one, dollar. the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. Listen it means having a almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens huh. in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over 
what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In oh. my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights if we're going to have digital money. Uh, but also, this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private. But what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance mm. to have a better life of whether our world order really serves. Oh, our world order really serves because, I mean, will the money truly help people? What the hell are you talking about? This is thinking on a level that truly disturbing okay so she says digital money <clears throat> and it is dangerous yes it is it's very dangerous then you say well no i mean isn't crypto the wave of the future isn't crypto the way that you can you know uh the government can't reach you well we've already seen that that's not true because they can yeah they can't touch uh you know your bitcoin unless you take it to an exchange and try to use it in the real you know physical world and then yes they can and they already showed that that they can stop that they can take it they can uh you know take it away from you so the dream of crypto being truly the uh way to push back against the government well that didn't work out so well because they said fine yeah you can have it it will be worthless because if you try to take it to an exchange, well, now we know where it is. The other thing is what's really terrifying that nobody talks about with crypto. They're all like, oh, yeah, crypto, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crypto's great. Yeah, you can just, yeah, it's the uh, best thing in the world, except for the fact that it keeps an absolutely perfect ledger of everything you do with it. You can be tracked anywhere at any time with it, period. And you say, well, yeah, they can do that with your debit card as well. Yes, they can. You know what they can't? Cash. You know, that's why, and I'm sure many of you know this, why many people who, you know, deal in things that aren't exactly on the up and up, they deal in cash. Why? It's anonymous. It keeps the government at bay to a certain degree. And, of course, that's why they want rid of it as soon as humanly possible. That and the fact that they've destroyed the U.S. dollar to the point where if they don't come up with a good idea soon, we will lose our reserve currency status. And then you and I and everybody else in this country will suddenly overnight become very, very much poorer. Yes, very much so poor. And so you have to come up with an idea. Their idea is a digital currency. And she goes, well, we need a digital bill of rights. Well, who would write that? Oh, the WEF, all oh, the world, this new world order. Oh, good. Goody, goody, goody. Yes, because that's what we really want is more globalization. But the funny part is they turn around and say, well, I mean, we're fighting against the globalization of things. I mean, the globalization's over. No, no, we're not going to do that anymore. Russia taught us that. Then, of course, that's exactly the opposite, which is how they sell it. They go, no, we're against globaliz globalization because we know the citizens 
are tired of the, oh, well, the supply chain here, the this there, the, the oil over here. Yeah, it's just causing a big problem and hurting people. So the people right now aren't exactly enthused about the global situation. They want more regional situations. So, therefore, they just lie. It's not that they've changed a strategy. They haven't changed their thinking. They haven't changed any of that. They just change what they say to sell it to you. To make you not be so afraid of it. I said, no, 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 no. This is going to really help against globalization. Let's just have one big constitution for all the people that are going to use our new digital money. Now, a few things. They admit it's fully programmable and it's a perfect ledger. Oh, goody. So now the government will have a full accounting of everything you do. That sounds good, right? Right? Nothing could go wrong there, especially when they are craven zealots for the climate woke religion. Cult, if you will. So what does that mean? Fully programmable. Well, they will sell it to you this way. Are you worried about hackers? Are you worried about people getting into your bank account? Are you worried about people stealing your money? Well, here's your answer. Get the digital dollar. No one else can use it because it is programmed to you. And many people will buy this and go, great. That means, you know, a hacker can't steal it because he can't go and spend it because he's not me. Wonderful. Well, first of all, you got to figure out how they're going to determine who is you and who is not. And of course, the digital money will be linked to you personally, your own personal digital dollars. If that's not terrifying, here's why it should be. So let's say we are in a big climate crisis. Of course, that would never happen, right? Right. Uh, and you like to purchase things that they aren't exactly enthused about. Well, no problem. Your, insert name here, digital dollar, will just not be allowed to purchase that. No big deal. That's how we get away with things like modern monetary theory, which is what these people have been acting on for many years now. Don't worry about it. Who cares? Print all the money you want. All we have to do is then control supply chains. We control uh, costs and prices, and we just control everything. And therefore, we can just print as much money as we want, and we can keep inflation at bay. It's terrifying. It's scary as hell. And it's the direction that they are not walking in. They are running in. They have dreamed of having this kind of control over this much of the world population for a very, very long time. And this is terrifying. And yes, don't worry. The Biden administration just put out a thing. I guess it was last week, a statement, a directive. So that the Treasury could start investigating the creation of the digital dollar. Now, why would they do that? Well, they would do that because inflation is out of control. It's not going down anytime soon. People are getting poorer. People are going to be very angry about getting poorer. And if the world tries to really push back and go away from the U.S. dollar, 
as the reserve currency, well, you're going to have to have something that still has a shit ton of value. And that would be their answer to this is the digital dollar, which means if you don't agree with them on many things, well, they can shut your dollars off anytime they want. They're fully programmable. They follow you everywhere. Everything you do will be recorded in the almost perfect ledger. That is truly one of the most terrifying things. But don't worry. They're going to have a digital uh, const- or bill of rights. So don't worry. I'm sure it'll be fine. Because there's no countries or anything in the world that have constitutions and, and bills of rights and stuff that don't follow them to the letter. Is there... Oh, yeah, there's, well, sort of all of them. I mean, we do better, and we set the standard for this. We've done better than most. Most just ignore them. Most just do whatever they want. Look at China sometime. They have a constitution. They have rights. It's just, well, since it's government-given rights, then the government can decide when you have them and when you don't. It's what makes us unique is ours is telling the government what they can and can't do, whereas the rest of them around the world tell the citizens what the government will allow them to and not to do, and, well, the government can just decide whenever if you have those rights or if you don't, or it just may not be in their interest to let you have those rights, so not today, maybe tomorrow, come check back, we might check these out again. That is what they do around the world, and I'm sure that that is what's going to happen with this. They'll tell you, don't worry, you're free to do this and that and something else. And then, of course, there's always a crisis that, well, we can't allow this right now because there's a crisis. I mean, uh, we had three um, three snowflakes melt in uh, Antarctica. So um, you can't buy gas this week. Sorry, you needed to earn money. And, uh, that's not going to work for us this week. Check back with us next week. Uh, we may unlock your digital currency to allow you to buy a tank of gas so maybe you can go out and find a new job because well you don't have one now and don't worry maybe your job doesn't exist because well they weren't green enough and mm, yeah we saw a penguin that was uh, not standing on a piece of ice today so that business has just got to go. We're going to funnel all this to our friends who are building green energy and uh, sorry about that. Uh, You don't have a job anymore or a car nor a house. Your house it's a little bad for the environment. Um, we're going to set you up in this nice rental that we own down the street, and uh, your house has got to go. That's the kind of dystopian nightmare they're talking about. And don't worry. They're going to be taking care of you cradle to the grave, womb to the tomb. They're going to take care of you. Don't worry. They'll let you know what you can and can't buy to eat because, well, I mean, you may be a little overweight and you want to buy some snack cakes well (laughs) we can't allow that that may put a little too much uh, pressure on the health system that we want to set up so you may wonder how would they accomplish this to get this really kicked off well the uh evil uh uh super villain I just have to call him that because he sounds such like a a super villain. And I think he's really taken the place of uh, George Soros. George Soros is scary enough and 
uh, creepy dude. And uh, but you know he's like 905 years old. I mean he's not going to be around much longer. Uh, but anyway, um, Klaus really has taken that. If you read any of his stuff, man, he is truly. Um, a truly a villain type character. I mean, he just fits the profile. Not only does he sound like a classic Bond villain or uh, like a cartoon villain, um, but his ideas are just so, so destructive and terrible and scary. And, uh, you know, he thinks he's doing the right thing. I mean, he literally thinks he should run the world. I mean, you read his stuff. He thinks he should be, you know, basically ruler of the world. Him and his organization should just rule the world and tell everybody what to do and own everything. And it's just truly creepy. But he'll, he's going to let you know. Here he is letting you know exactly how they're going to implement these things. Here you go. Do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. Now listen to this. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems, and supply chains will be deeply affected. Oh, good. Yeah, he says, well, we don't know what all is going to happen, but everything's going to collapse. And when that happens, well, people are going to need help. People are going to want something different. And I luckily have the answer. We have programmable currency and the leadership of the WEF. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, it'd be one thing if uh, this was a conspiracy theory, but they're just coming out and saying it. They just come right out and say it. They don't have a problem anymore. They're not hiding anything any longer. They just they have no worries. They just come right out and tell you exactly what they're thinking, what they want to do. No problems at all. So that is uh, unfortunately, that's where we're at. And uh, this is something that we have to find a way to fight back against. Uh, number one, uh, we need to really start fighting back against ESG, uh, not allowing that because that will be the basis for the digital currency. You know, now you have a credit score. You know, if you have a bad credit score, well, you don't get loans or you get higher interest rates and all that. And, you know, we've, we've basically had a system that everybody, you know, at least fairly well understood if you're you know very good at uh you know taking a loan paying it back well they'll give you more loans and more money if you make a you know a decent amount of money they'll give you even more uh if you're not very good and and you don't pay back money and you have a lot of trouble well they just will stop loaning you any uh that's been a pretty pretty normal pretty standard system for a long time now we're going to a whole new one we're going to a programmable digital currency and it will be uh determined by your esg score your environmental social justice and governance score businesses are going to be regulated by this and it'll all be easy to control because there'll be a perfect ledger of all of it and it'll all be accessible and you all have your esg score it's like China, only worldwide, with their social credit score. It is truly one of the most terrifying things. And it's the most terrifying thing I've ever, uh, you know, been around. And, you know, of course, I haven't been around that long. But uh, it truly is one of the scariest things. One of the scariest times, I think, that uh, I've ever seen. And I hope, uh, I hope there's more ways. And I know there are states uh, that are fighting back against ESG and not allowing banks to uh, use this criteria to deny uh, loans and to discriminate against uh, certain companies. But it's going to have to be something that goes 
uh, nationwide for the most part. I mean, I guess if California and New York want to do it and co- totally destroy their economy and, and put their people in servitude and the people are okay with that, then there's nothing anybody else can do. But for the rest of us, we can start fighting back. And that comes through uh, pushing back, letting our voices be heard to the people that are going to be tasked with making these decisions. And that means calling, emailing, you know, whatever it takes to let them know, hey, listen, we don't want ESG. That's not how we're going to go. That's not how we're going to go. So uh, now, speaking of all the crises happening and all the things that are going into it, of course, energy is the big topic right now. And it is kind of funny because they talk about all these things. Well, you know, well, we're going to depend. There's going to be food shortages because of, uh, you know, the the wheat and the grains that are grown in uh, southern Russia and and, in Ukraine, well, those aren't going to get done this year. So a lot of people are going to starve to death. You know, there's this system I want to let you know about. There's this system uh, that's been around for a long time. It's found to be uh, fairly, fairly uh, uh, successful. Um, It's called capitalism. And people should take note of this because there is a capitalist answer to all these problems. So, there's a war going on huh so in that war that's happening uh there's going to be a wheat and grain that isn't going to be produced and oil and gas that is not going to reach people now how do you do this now if you're a centralized government well what do you do you say well i mean we got to jack the price up uh we're going to have to uh take from these people to give to those people that's how centralized planning works that's why it's a disaster it's terrible it is uh, deadly to all that assume uh, assume it and, and want to use it. Okay, That's why it's a bad system. It's always bad. It's never a good system. What is a good answer to this? Well, it's called capitalism. So how does the capitalism solve these problems? Well, if it was allowed to, if people weren't trying to stick their fingers in and mess with uh, capitalism because they all hate it because it takes away their control, what would happen is companies will go, hey, they're not producing or selling that much oil or gas. We will. Oh, wait a second. Suddenly you don't have all these shortages and more people make money and more people have more money because they're not gouged price-wise into oblivion. That's weird. Again, wheat and grain aren't going to be grown. Well, do we have land here in America that we grow things on? I believe we do. Oh, that seems weird. Maybe we'll grow it and we'll sell it. Oh, that's, oh, really? We could do that? Yeah, we could. Huh. And then, and then we wouldn't have the food shortages. Let me see. And the supply chain, well, I guess it could be fixed because we produce more oil and more full fuel and they'd be lower price. Wow. Seems like capitalism, strangely enough, can answer these problems. But the people that uh, are in charge, well, they hate capitalism. They totally hate it. They hate capitalism because they don't have control. That is what all of this, whether it's the WEF, whether it's, um, you know, the Biden administration, whatever, COVID, any of these things, it's all about control. These people want control for whatever reason in their damaged, 
woke addled brains, whatever has broken inside these people, they truly feel like they should. It's not that they need to control things, that they should, that they are entitled. It's kind of strange. These people who feel entitled to control your life, my life, everyone's life in the world, somehow want to talk about everybody else's privilege and entitlement and how other people are so bad for feeling entitled somehow. Being preached to by the most entitled, most abjectly stupid and evil people, oh, it just really doesn't make sense to mo- to many, many that think the way I do. I, I wonder sometimes how... How do people even take any of these people seriously? They want to talk about other people being fascists and Nazis and they're horrible people. But they are the ones that are horrible. They truly believe they're entitled to be able to control the aspect of everyone's life and to control what you buy and when you buy it and how much you can have. I mean, it's just disgusting. But anyway, speaking of energy, because, you know, we were told, well, here, I will let Biden, uh, he's going to lie to you a little bit here about what's going on with uh, gas prices. The problem we're facing with gas prices has two roots. Okay. First, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, struck, yeah. Demand for oil plummeted. Oh, yeah. So production slowed down worldwide. Oh, mm-hmm. Because of the strength and the speed of our strength. Strength. demand for oil shot back up there. much faster than the supply. Oh, That's why the cost of gas began to rise last year. Read it, baby. No. The second route okay. is Vladimir Putin. Oh. The start of this year, gas was about $3.30 a gallon. Mm-hmm. Today, it's about averaging 420, 422. It's higher in many states. Yeah. 420, 422. It's higher in many states. I can't take it. Nearly a dollar <laughs> more in less than three months. Mm-hmm. The reason for that mm-hmm. is because of Putin's war. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with you. I'm going to go way out on a limb and say that uh, you're lying. And how do I know you're lying? Well, it's easy. We're going to go back because these people think you're too dumb. I mean, how could you ever remember things? Or I mean, there's no record of anybody saying anything. You know what I mean? I mean, how could they ever, how could you ever possibly think that they ever said anything different? I mean, it's all Putin. It's all Putin's fault and, and COVID's fault. I mean, nobody would do anything to ever bother gas prices or uh, well, maybe, maybe, well, this is a long time ago. This is all the way back in 2020. And here's Biden uh, telling you exactly what he wants to do and is going to do. Okay. Okay. Well, right. Let's stay on. We're, we're staying on this issue. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling out of federal lands. No more drilling, including mm-hmm. offshore. No ability for the oil Wait, industry what? to continue to drill, period. Ends. Number one. Oh, Huh. Well, that doesn't sound like Putin's war. That doesn't sound like COVID. Huh. Well, that sounds like you are the problem. That you want to create the problem. Huh. Weird. Was that Putin talking? No, that was Joe Biden. Oh, that's weird. I thought it was Putin because it's all Putin's faults. Well, that's, that's really strange. Huh. 
Huh, that's that's weird. Well, maybe we should check with some other people. Maybe we should see if maybe a few other people had, uh, you know, maybe some other uh, ideas that may go against, uh, you know, the narrative on uh, what's going on. Is this Putin's price hike? Is this COVID's price hike? Well, um, you know, they screwed up. They screwed up and they started saying the quiet part out loud, mostly because they're, well, 950 million years old and they should be in a home somewhere eating their, you know, uh, pudding and, and being uh, given their meds on time. But no, apparently they are um, running our country and uh, they're just screwing up and they're saying mm, the quiet parts out loud, which is uh, never good. Here you go. But... We cannot allow the fossil fuel industry to use this as an excuse to reverse everything we're doing to save the planet. We can't let the fossil fuel industry, you know, destroy what we're doing to save the planet. We're getting gas prices up to where no one can afford them so we can save the planet. Now, of course, you're going to, you know, lose your job, not be able to afford anything, probably can't eat, lose your home. But you know what? The planet is going to be saved. Wait a second, I thought it was Putin. Isn't Putin fucking with the gas prices? Wait a second. Well, that seems wrong. Well, you know who might have the answer. You know who might have the answer. I just thought of who might really have the answer. It's probably Jennifer Granholm. Now, I have a personal hatred because she was formerly the governor of Michigan and quite possibly the one of the dumbest human beings to ever walk the face of the earth. But she is now the energy secretary. So she's going to let us know. She should be. She's in charge of energy. She should be able to shed light and let us know how bad Putin is. We want to invest in renewables. We want to invest in the technologies that decarbonize the fossil fuel industry to become energy independent with clean energy is the medium to long term strategy. Oh, wait a second. I didn't hear a word about Putin. That might be a problem or COVID. Huh. Seems almost like COVID and Putin. Well, they really don't have a lot to do with it at all. That's weird. You see, because before all these people were in charge, um, gas and fuel prices were pretty low. And even during COVID, well, that's weird. And now suddenly they get in power and they have all their green agenda and suddenly gas prices go through the roof, but it's Putin's fault. And he's probably been in there printing again. You know how that goes. He's been in there printing money and screwing up your currency. I know. I know. Damn Putin. I tell you. Oh, this guy drives me nuts. All right. I got to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Rated the worst. Losing the most bags. Shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left? To distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs. Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Is constantly political. Why? Cover. 
Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Is getting political. Attacking Georgia's popular voting law. Why? To distract from years of dismal sales, terrible 2020 results. Reports suspecting they benefited from forced labor in China. Coca-Cola products are poisoning America's youth and worsening the obesity epidemic. So the company tried funding phony science to minimize the harms, but they got busted. James Quincy, Coca-Cola. Stop poisoning our children. Serve your customers, <laughs> not woke politicians. All righty, and we're back here. So, um, but Biden wants to let you know that, you know, with the gas prices being out of control right now, and because of Putin, you know, Putin, damn that Putin. Um, and I'm sure what it is, is, you know, he's screwing up the gas prices because he wants longer tables. And that's that's really what it is. Um, and he needs all that money printed in Washington so uh, he can buy bigger tables too. Huh. Anyway, um, Biden wants to let you know, really, if you really want to save money, you know, because the economy's a little rough right now and inflation's up and, you know, prices are just out of control. But you can save a little bit of money um, if you'll get uh, an electric car and some solar panels. You can save some money. Here you go. My plan, which is before the Congress now, we can take advantage of the next generation of electric vehicles that a typical driver will save about $80 a month from not having to pay gas at the pump. If your home is powered by safer, cheaper, cleaner electricity like solar or heat pumps, you can save about $500 a month on average. Oh, $500 a month in savings if I buy a heat pump or get solar panels? Wow. I mean, the Chinese government will make a shit ton of money and control the world, but, uh, yeah, $500, well, it's not, uh, well, they, they had to walk that one back and said, well, no, that's $500 a year. Oh, wait a second. I just uh, heard that um, we're now paying 40, what was it, 40-some hundred or 50, no, it was $5,200 a year. This year, we're going to spend an extra $5,200 uh, on food and gas and heating and uh, cooling our homes. 5200 So let me do the math here real quick just to help out. I want to help Biden out because he, him and math, I mean, uh, you might as well uh, be speaking Mandarin to me. I have no clue, and he has no clue when it comes to math. Math is not his strong suit. In fact, he doesn't understand math at all. Um, uh, you know, numbers, they just don't work. So we're going to go through this. So we're going to round up. Just make it easy. Just to make it easy for ourselves. All right, so he's at $80 a month in savings uh, if you don't have to buy gas. Oh, okay. Well, the problem is uh, a lot of people, um, well, they already own cars that use gasoline but they could go and buy or trade in and get them at the starting price now if you want to get the really bargain basement electric car now we're not talking about everybody buying teslas because well uh, you can afford it but they do have some bargain basement ones for around fifty-five thousand dollars. so wait a second that seems like you're going to pay a little bit more on your car loan because you're going to get a new one you have to trade in your oil it doesn't seem real great uh but you're going to save that eighty dollars a month so we're going to round that up to a hundred dollars a month right so 
if you have an extra $100 a month, that's $1,200 in a year, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, now you're only in the red by $4,000, right? Uh, since they said it's going to cost $5,200 extra this year for uh, people to afford all this. Uh, so now it's only going to cost you negative 4000 Well, that doesn't really help me at all. I'm still out 4000 extra dollars. But don't worry. If you get some solar panels or a heat pump, you could save an additional $500 a year. So now you're only negative 3500 So you've only lost 3500 See, if you go and take a huge loan and buy you that $55,000 uh, bargain basement, get you five miles before you had to plug it back in, electric car, well, um, uh, you'll still only be out $3,500 a year. Doesn't that sound like a deal? Man, what a deal. I want to sign up for that. Or, you know, I had another thought. You know what we could do? <clears throat> we could just allow the... Uh, you know, the energy industry in this country to do what they do and uh, utilize capitalism. And then, well, none of this is a problem. Huh. That's weird. That seems like a much simpler answer than trying to figure out how I'm going to save um, $1,700 a year when I'm now negative, oh, 5200 mm, Doesn't seem like a very good trade-off, does it? No, not at all. Um, damn. I mean, honestly, how... How good would you feel? Say you're going, you know, going down the street, you've got uh, $5,200 in cash on you. Guy walks up, holds you up, give me all your money. He takes the $5,200 and says, you know what, I feel bad for you. Here, you can have $1,700 back. I'm going to keep the rest, but here's $1,700 back. Wouldn't you walk away feeling great? Like, wow, that wasn't bad at all. That wasn't bad at all. I thought he was going to take all of it. He only took most of it. So, I mean, I'm still in pretty good shape. No, I don't think that's how you'd feel. Uh, just going out on a limb. Not sure that's how you'd feel about it. So, hmm. I'm guessing this is a really terrible plan. But they are dumb enough to think that it's going to work. And you always have to remember they are enriching their friends and themselves. They're the ones invested in green energy. Does green energy make the planet better? Absolutely does not. Is it green? Absolutely is not. In fact, in many ways, it will do more destructive damage to the planet and actual pollution and everything else than the fossil fuel industry does now. And I hate calling it the fossil fuel industry because it gives the illusion that we are using fuel made by dinosaur carcasses, which we are not. That is not how oil works. In fact, there's many people starting to think that uh, oil doesn't come from fossils at all in any way shape or form which starting to lean that way myself seems like there's a bit too much of it and it keeps popping up everywhere so seems like there may be another explanation for oil and natural gas maybe we should investigate that ah <sighs> boy don't you feeling better i feel better <clears throat> there are ways we can combat this and there are, and that's, I want to add that in. There are ways we can combat this. Number one, combating ESG locally. Some, like I said, some states are enacting this. You need to push for it to be enacted everywhere. Stop them from being able to strangle the life out of the energy industry. And of course, we have to not just go and vote for, you know, whatever letter that you think is going to work for you. Actually look at what these people think and believe. Do a little research. Check them out. They may have an R by their name, but they could be Mitt Romney, who is going to just be a, you know, a Democrat with an R beside his name. 
You have to find people who are truly, and hey, I'm not saying that there's not Democrats. There are a few Democrats out there that are still, you know, level-headed, that still want to, uh, you know, push for American industries, still want to push for America's energy independence. They're out there. We got to find the right people, not just the team that they're on, but the right people. Get rid of the Kinzingers and the Cheneys and the Romneys. Get rid of them. The Collins, Susan Collins up in Maine. All those people need outs. Many others do too. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. These people just, they do not have your interest at heart. And they are definitely not going to fight to make America uh, energy independent. And I don't mean energy independent by buying. I mean, I don't even understand how that works. We're going to buy, you know, rare earth minerals and uh, solar technology from China, but yet we're going to be energy independent. That doesn't sound independent at all. That sounds like energy dependent, which is what we don't need to be. So anyway, there are many things that we can do and that's what we have to do. Push for these things and make a difference and definitely push to stay away from a digital programmable currency because holy shit that is terrifying so there is a lot going on there's a lot of things going on and uh many things that we have to be aware of keep our eyes on and uh hmm i guess fight back but don't worry it's not just energy it's not just your uh you know your wallet that's going to get hit we are being hit from all sides. We are being uh, pushed into a position where I, I don't really know where where it's going. Anyway, Disney, it's been a rough week for Disney, hasn't it? It has been a rough week for Disney. Well, it got worse. It got worse. So uh, Disney is very, very outraged because, you know, in Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis and the legislature, uh, you know, they pushed a bill that was, uh, you know, the parental consent bill, uh, you know, because they didn't want uh, grooming going on in, you know, K through third grade. And uh, they didn't want uh, it to even continue later on because you, if you wanted to talk about any of these subjects, you had to make them age appropriate. Um, That would be four through 12th grade. Yeah. Going to have to make them age appropriate or they're not allowed. All right. Seems pretty reasonable. And of course, we talked about it. You know, uh, people went nuts, especially Disney. They didn't like it. We had the jackasses in Hollywood who uh, actually are just too dumb and, you know, they're too stupid to read anything and find out what it's all about. And uh, I guess they're really, really into grooming and really, really into pedophiles. So, you know, hey, uh, at least we know who you are now, right? Yeah, at least we know who you are. That helps. So anyway, uh, Disney had an emergency meeting. Oh, goody, goody, goody. And we heard the one lady uh, earlier this week from that meeting who was talking about all of the uh, proclivities and and different uh, identities of her children. And, you know, I'd like to find out how old those children are because, I mean, she said one's pansexual. And uh, how would you know if uh, if they're a small child, they shouldn't be having any sex of any kind. So uh, how would they know if they're pansexual? Uh, That would be... uh, 
yeah, that would be a question for you and maybe for the police to be checking into because that doesn't sound good. But anyway, they had an emergency meeting. They want to uh, reimagine tomorrow with Disney. Here's their Zoom call. Here's the, the next guy talking about how they're going to reimagine their characters because, well, they really, really, really had to push back against DeSantis and all these evil people that just want kids left the hell alone. They can't do it. Side. Uh, part of uh, the work that I feel like I can put in is um, making sure that we take place in modern day New York. So making sure that that's like an accurate reflection of New York. So I put together like a tracker of our background characters to make sure that we have like a, the full breadth of expression. And um, I don't think Disney needs to have a full and clear picture of New York for kids. Just saying, are we going full on? We're going to give them the full and real picture of life in New York? I mean, are we going to have bums uh, masturbating in the background? Uh, are we going to have people uh, getting robbed and uh, killed, knocked down? Uh, you know, uh, especially Asians being uh, knocked out by uh, black suspects. Are we going to fully get the whole New York experience? You want to put that all in for kids? That seems weird because the last time I checked... You don't just walk down the street and, and in New York and there's just these uh, wonderful rainbow parades and everybody's singing and dancing and doing musicals. That's, um, yeah, that doesn't happen. So I always hate that when they're like, well, we want to give a true picture of what life's like. Yeah, go ahead and do that. But you're not showing it to children because uh, we're trying to protect them from seeing what real life is for a little while. Because real life on the streets of somewhere like New York, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not happening. But anyway. Let's keep going. And uh, we got into a very similar conversation, Carrie, of like, oh, all of our like gender nonconforming characters are in the background. Mm. And so it's not just a numbers game um, of how many LGBTQ plus characters you have. We mm -hmm. got mm -hmm. the further, uh, the, the more centered a story is on a character, the more nuanced you get to get into their story. Yes, because... Disney characters, they really, really, really need to be worried about sex because kids, right? I mean, when the hell does somebody speak up on one of these calls and say, what the f are you talking about? We're talking about kids. Why does a character in an animated movie need to have gender or sex at all? Why are we worried about that? Are they having sex with each other? Don't think so. At least not showing to most kids. Most parents aren't going to be into this. The hell are you? Oh, these people. And especially with like trans characters, you can't see if someone is trans. There's not one way to look trans. And so kind of the only way to have these like canonical trans characters, canonical asexual characters, canonical bisexual characters is to give them stories where they can like be their whole selves. Yes, yes, that's what I just said, pedophile. Um, I'll say it again, pedophile. Um, the only way that they would know because they're animated characters is if you talk about sex, have them having sex with each other, um, which makes you a severe degenerate that um, maybe we should just go ahead and arrest you now. Okay, just try to keep things safe. Um, because apparently you're talking about, well, I want to make kids movies that discusses sex, maybe shows sex. I don't even talk about sex. Um, how about no? How about we don't do that? Does that work for you? If you're an adult and you can go uh, do whatever the hell you want. But not with kids.
Leave the kids alone. It's real simple because what's going to happen, I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to end up in a really bad situation, that's a heads up to Disney, a real bad situation, keep messing with people's children. This works in the wild. It works with humans. Go to Africa and go grab a lion cub. See what happens. I'll hide and watch. Go find a bear cub. Go see if you can pet it. See what happens. Works the same way with humans. Try to mess with their kids, and the backlash is going to be just as severe and just as ruthless if you don't stop messing with kids. Don't get it. Here we go. Here's another executive from Disney talking about her not-so-secret gay agenda. There shouldn't be a gay agenda. There shouldn't be a straight agenda. There should be no agenda. It's kids. Disney's content. I grew up watching, you know, all of the classics. They have been a huge, like, informative (laughs) part of my life. But at the same time, like, I worked at small studios most of my career. And I'd heard, you know, hear whispers. Like, I'd I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this to the Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little, like, sus when I started. But then my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard on my little pocket of like, you know, proud family, Disney TVA. Um, the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like mm-hmm. my, like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like, I, I feel like I felt like it was, I mean, like maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must have happened in the last, like, like they're turning it around, they're going hard. And then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of, I don't have to be afraid to like, let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background, this are, like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like, the, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of But like, I, I just was like, no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me. Yes. Well, maybe someone should because not really sure that's part of Disney and children and life lessons. Huh, weird. Uh, Maybe we should uh, have uh, some life lessons from Disney. Here's one. Uh, Let's not let strangers talk about sex to kids. That's a really good life lesson. That would be a really good one for kids. Hey, could you incorporate that into it? Queer, straight, whatever the alphabet mafia is. How about... uh, if they're talking to kids and wanting to engage kids, how about no? That'd be a great life lesson. Could we work that into a Disney movie? Oh, no, we can't because you're the ones in a van with candy trying to lure the kids in. Huh. Should throw a net over the lot of them. Jesus Christ. All right. So uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, he's uh, pushing back and um, he's talking about uh, pulling special privileges that disney has had i didn't know about this found out this week with everybody else apparently disney uh especially in florida runs their uh little area sort of like uh the vatican uh runs uh theirs they're like their own government very strange and i think they're gonna maybe lose some of that so maybe they should rethink this for many many decades brian they've gotten uh, incredible treatment from the florida legislature and they are treated on a pedestal this one corporation is treated differently than everybody else and so uh, that's not something i've ever supported but now in the legislature you see a movement to reevaluate those special privileges and so uh, at the end of the day i think disney has gotten over its skis on this 
Yeah, just a little bit because they said, well, they're going to work really hard to get uh, the parental consent bill repealed because, I mean, they don't want parental consent. Remember, these are the people in the van with the candy trying to pick your kids up and do terrible, awful things with them, apparently. And they're just open about it now. Uh, So, uh, yeah, it's time to throw a net over them, revoke their privileges. Here he is actually responding to Disney. For Disney to come out and put a statement and say, that the bill should have never passed and that they are going to actively work to repeal it. I think one was fundamentally dishonest, but two, I think that crossed the line. This state is governed by the interests of the people of the state of Florida. It is not based on the demands of California corporate executives. They do not run this state. They do not control this state. I also thought it was interesting I talked to the Speaker of the House yesterday afternoon, and he said Disney never called him while they were putting this through the House. They didn't seem to have a problem with it when it was going through. If this was such an affront, why weren't they speaking up at the outset? And yet they won't. If the bill that you were not allowed to have curriculum that discussed the oppression of the Uyghurs in China, Disney would have endorsed that in a second. Wow. Yeah, he threw a bomb in the middle because all these people that are pushing the uh, upper management to speak out against this are now well informed that, hey, they knew about this all the time. They didn't say shit, so they didn't really care before. So that should blow up in Disney's face, and I hope it does. Uh, At this point, I hope they go bankrupt. Screw them. I mean, they're doing nothing to contribute to anything good to um, our country or around the world. And it is really strange. They're moving into a lot of new markets. Now, it is odd that the markets they have chose, uh, all the markets that they have chose that they're wanting to move into, uh, all have laws that being gay uh, is punishable uh, by prison time and up including death in some cases. And they're completely fine with that. But in America, they want to touch your children. So therefore... um, yeah, it's time to uh, to make a huge, huge change with this company and uh, really start pushing back because they're disgusting. Um, and this is what they've influenced. This is really, I wanted to play this because this is what we're talking about. This is why the bill was enacted in Florida. This is why it should be enacted everywhere. And this is why Disney needs to be reined in because of this is a montage of all these preschool teachers i've played them over the past year here is a, a whole montage of them that i want to groom your children and it's so creepy and weird this has been my first year in preschool with a class of my own we've been talking about gender and skin color and consent and empathy and our bodies and autonomy it's been fabulous i teach my elementary school students about gender identity some people are girls some are boys some are both some are neither i might tell this kid we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to and he like looks around and goes oh that one yeah yeah um it's time for you all to lose your jobs uh maybe you could go into the i don't know uh maybe the porn industry uh and there you can talk about sex and bodies and do whatever you want and it's all uh age appropriate adults who can indulge in what they want now whether i agree with what all they're indulging in that's not neither here nor there they're grown adults they can indulge in that leave the children alone leave them alone stop it it is absolutely out of control and disgusting (sighs) boy it's rough anymore gotta say it is rough um 
sometimes you get so angry like listening to these stories and reading these stories and it's just it is really uh, enraging and and you just have to find a way personally i have my ways to get away from it not think about it but uh, it is enraging and I, I hope everybody has a good outlet to get away from this stuff because it will really uh make your blood boil listening to these just creepy weirdos i mean these are the creepy weirdos that used to be on the corner and now they're in corporate offices and in the schools and it's 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 terrible it's terrifying oh boy wow starting to run a little low on time so i better get to the last big story of today which is hunter's laptop this is a really really interesting exchange that happened in the house the other day um a guy from the fbi now this is the uh assistant director of fbi cyber okay so that means he is the guy that deals with all digital uh situations uh, you know all criminal activity dealing with uh you know anything to do with uh, computers phones internet all that stuff all comes under the head of cyber of course because well that makes sense so if there would be something here's a thought if somebody was doing something illegal or or really bad and they were using say a computer or their phone to facilitate said uh, crime or criminal activity then it would come under the heading of cyber isn't that weird isn't that how it works huh so if there was uh say let's just uh think off the top of our heads say a few laptops okay that had uh, information that was uh you know illegal um possibly be a threat to national security and everything else well who would that go to let me think um fbi cyber that sounds like exactly where it would go so anyway the uh the guy was in the uh, house of representatives the other day testifying uh to god knows what but then he got um some questions and these answers oh my god you won't believe it here we go this is matt gates questioning the uh head of fbi cyber where is hunter's laptop where is it Sir, I'm not here to talk about the laptop. I'm here sure. to talk about the FBI cyber program. Okay. You are the assistant cyber. director of Perfect. FBI cyber. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. <laughs> I don't know that answer. That is astonishing to me. Is, has, has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop could be a point of vulnerability, hmm. allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? Sir. The FBI cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18, or um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about computer intrusions, right? Using nefarious okay. intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter 02. He <laughs> drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI, and what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Huh. Yes, sir, that's an accurate statement. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. How are Americans supposed to trust that you can protect us from the next colonial pipeline if it seems that you can't locate a laptop that was given to you three years ago from the first family, potentially creating vulnerabilities for our country? Sir, it's, it's sure, not I, in the purview sure. of my investigative responsibilities. Mm -hmm. right. but, but that is shocking that, <laughs> that you wouldn't, as the assistant director of cyber, know whether or not there are international business deals, kickbacks, mm -hmm. shakedowns that are on this laptop <laughs> right. that would make the Jeez. first family suspect to, to some sort of compromise. Vulnerable. Mr. Assistant Director, 
Have you assessed whether or not the first family is compromised as a result of the Hunter Biden laptop? Sir, as a representative of the FBI uh, cyber program, right. it is not in the realm of my responsibilities uh, to deal with the questions that you're asking me. Ha has anyone at uh, FBI cyber <laughs> been asked to make assessments whether or not the laptop creates a point of vulnerability? Sir, we have multiple lines of investigative responsibility in the FBI. They're all right. available in public source. Well, I would think you'd know this one. I mean, I would think that if the president's son who does international business deals, referencing the now president with the Chinese, with Ukrainians. I mean, have you assessed whether or not the Hunter Biden laptop gives Russia the ability to harm our country? Sir, sir, again. Uh, again. <laughs> we can do this back and forth for the next couple of minutes. I don't have any information about the Hunter Biden laptop or the investment. But should you? I mean, you're the assistant sir. director of FBI cyber. I might buy the block and line chart. No, sir, I should not. Who should, who no, should we put in that chair to ask questions should about not. this laptop that FBI has had for three years? Sir, sir I'm, not, uh, I'm not in a position to <laughs> make a recommendation. Who right. should so you don't have it. You don't know who has it. You don't know where it is. You're the assistant director. You know, earlier you talked about whether or not you were the Grant Hill or the Christian Leitner. It sounds like you're the Chris Weber trying to call a timeout when you don't have one. Nice. <laughs> nice. Sir, so who is it? Do you even know? Sir, who I'm has not it? here to talk about it. Do you know who we should put in that chair to ask these questions to? Uh, no, sir, I don't know who has it. Yeah, no idea. Well, it, could you it. find out and tell us? You're going to have to give us briefings. Thanks to Mr. Lou and Mr. Massey's question about whether or not the FBI was taking a five million dollar test drive on the Pegasus system that was being used to target people in politics, people in government, people in the media. People in American life. So, will you commit to give us a briefing as the assistant director of FBI Cyber as to where the laptop is, whether or not it's a point of vulnerability, whether or not the American people should wonder whether or not the first family is compromised? Sir, I'd be happy to sure, take your request back sure. to our office. Okay, that's oh, great. Gosh, I mean, will you advocate for that briefing? Sir, sure. you, sure. you will? I will be happy to take your request back to the FBI headquarters. Oh. Okay. Well, will you, do you believe that that is a briefing that the Congress right. is is worthy of having? I am <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, going to answer that question. Uh, sir. I'm here to talk. Uh, the, invitation, the, the invitation says yes. oversight of the FBI's cyber division. It does right. not say anything. Well, well right, but I mean, this is, this is a cyber asset. This it's is a, a point of vulnerability. Asset. If there are passwords, if there are business deals, if there are references to things that could harm our country mm -hmm. like you can't even sit here right now and say that you know that there's not a point of vulnerability maybe there are other crimes maybe there are tax issues or whatever but as it relates to our i mean it is the first family sufficient cyber infrastructure to protect sure right you don't even know if they're compromised tell you what mr chairman uh -oh. i seek unanimous consent uh -oh. to enter into the record of this committee what's that the contents of hunter biden's laptop which i'm in possession of which he has <laughs> Yes! <laughs> I'm not Nadler. Huh? What? What do I do? Oh, wait. What? There's no objection to that. No, you have to ask Jerry Nadler. Ne I've never had. I will object pending further uh, investigation. Oh What's yeah, the Jerry. Without objection. It's a unanimous consent request, and I object pending. Well, I have a subsequent question. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the receipt. It may very well be. From the Mac shop. It may very well be entered into the record after we look at it further. Uh, uh, yeah, we have to look into it further. Of course, Jerry Nadler, he had to unzip his pants so he could uh, talk because uh, they're wrapped around his head. Um, 
<clears throat> that was, uh, boy, that's good, isn't it? Um, and that tells you what they do, okay? That is a prime example of why we aren't safe anymore. We're not. Do you think the FBI is actually doing anything to protect you? No, they're not. They're trying to figure out ways to uh, get you into trouble, maybe. But are they actually protecting any of us from anything? No, and that tells you exactly. We're talking about three laptops, not just one, uh, that have international business deals, that have untold vulnerabilities on them, whether it's through uh, showing that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden indirectly uh, made money off of uh, corporations tied and and banks tied to uh, the CCP, to uh, people, uh, oligarchs in Russia, to oligarchs in Ukraine. I mean, there's a war going on in Russia and Ukraine. The first family got money from oligarchs in Russia and oligarchs in Ukraine. You don't think that's like a vulnerability? Really? Really? What happens? I gave you a million dollars. What the hell are you doing? I want you to do this. Or I'll expose what you agreed to do for this million dollars. See, that's how compromise works. That's not an issue for the cyber division of the FBI? Well, of course not. <laughs> worried about protecting the American people. They don't give a shit. It's not about protecting you. It's about protecting the people in power. That is what the FBI has become. They have become the protection agency for the powerful. And the enforcement agency of that power onto the people. That is what you should glean from that. Not just the fact, I mean, he's not inept. He didn't get to that position because he's stupid. No matter how stupid he sounds, going, eh, sir, sir, I don't know what you're talking about. Sir, sir, I don't know. Sir, sir, I, I, I can't talk about that. Sir, that's not my job. Sir. I mean, oh, God. This is why I could never do that job. I would lose my shit. I would absolutely lose my shit and tell him, please, if you say, sir, like a meek little mouse again, I'm going to come smack you. You know, be a man, speak up and tell me what the hell's going on. But anyway, um, <clears throat> we'll dispense with that. But still, that tells you everything you need to know. Are they protecting you from anything? No. Are they protecting the American uh, people in any way? No. They're protecting the elites and the powerful against you. It's been flipped on its head. They are not an agency protecting America any longer. None of these agencies are. Were they at one time? Yes, that was their purview at one time. But it is no longer. And it is terrifyingly rushing to a point to where they are the secret police. They are the Stasi. They are the KGB. They are only there to protect the powerful against the powerless and make the powerless more and more and more vulnerable so they can control and run everything. That is where we have turned. I mean, if they were serious, they would be looking into uh, things like the Hunter laptop going, what the hell is this? You know, why is the president and all these people, why are they taking money from the CCP? Why are they uh, arranging deals to uh, build bio labs in Ukraine? Why did Hunter Biden make money off that? That's weird. Why did the former mayor of Moscow send uh, Hunter Biden, you know, over a million dollars? Why? What's going on with this? These are legitimate questions that something like, I don't know, the FBI should be investigating. Yes, sir. We don't have any laptops, sir. 
sir, sir, I don't know. I'll go ask my boss, sir. Oh, it is disgusting. It's disgusting. But that's where we're at. And hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully things will change. I, I just, you know, it's going to take such a reclamation project. It, uh, it's going to take, uh, you know, at least no less than eight years. I would say it's going to take no less than eight years, if not longer. And there's going to have to be a lot of things that are going to have to be discussed. I mean, you're going to have to talk about uh, disbanding uh, public unions uh, so that you're able to fire these people. Uh, you're going to have to have a vetting process to get the right people in place. I mean, it's going to be a massive undertaking. Uh, and that is if the right people get in the place to where they can do it. It starts this fall, obviously, with getting the right people, not just your team or that team, the right people in positions to do something about it. It starts this fall. It will continue on. That's what we have to do locally, nationally all the same the right people and the right jobs to start fighting back against this otherwise it will be some weird banana republic where the fbi is uh, you know now the kgb and they're reading your emails and they're you know <clears throat> descending on you about what you thought or what your views are while the elites get to sell you out to the rest of the world and walk away laughing so it's time that we really make a stand and let our voices be heard for sure. Anyway, that's going to do it for today. Running a little bit long. That last clip was super long, but it was really important to hear it, especially hearing that Jack asked, oh, sir, I don't know, sir, sir, that's not why I'm here, sir. I, that's not my job. Cyber, cyber doesn't mean computers. Yeah, it's just an idiot. Anyway, I will be back this week with much, much more, much more enlightening stuff, hopefully. Hopefully, I'm sure it'll be interesting. Uh, if you want to send a message, like, rate, review, I am very uh, happy to see some people are sending some encouragement. It does help out very much. Uh, if you want to do that, you can do that on the website, erics-america.com. You can uh, do it on Facebook, at ericsamericapod, or you can send an old-fashioned email, ericsamericapod at gmail. Uh, it all comes to me. I couldn't afford staff if I wanted to, nor would they show up. It just yeah, wouldn't work out well. Anyway, I will be back on Wednesday. Until then, just remember, it's no agenda, just America.